We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. This is a unique show. It's unique only because we're so used to doing two, three shows a week. This week, one show, everything on it, like we're taking it back like it's six years ago. Why? Because it's the six-year anniversary of The Corner Podcast. Man, I was a young whippersnapper when we started, old man. It is nice to be, you know, I got a couple grays in the beard now. I got a beard. (laughs) 
<laughs> I guess that's where you start, right? Six years ago, I guess I was still an old man. Um, I guess that's just kind of the way it rolls. But yeah, six years, man, it's a long time. It's a long time to have a show and we still have it. Meanwhile, you see like what's going on with Joe Budden's podcast with Molly and Rory and you see like other people like falling apart. We're still here. We're still here, guys. You've been listening to us. You want to know why we're still here? Here's the real reason. Because we ain't rich like that off of this podcast. <laughs> if we were, Ken would have already left me and got to skip Bayless on and I'd have just been like home alone. That's what would have happened. <laughs> nah, me. I'm. You're clearly Bobby Brown in this situation. I'm not Bobby Brown. <laughs> there is no crack and crooked mouth in my future. None of that is here. <laughs> Listen. Bobby was good for a second. Let's not act like Bobby left the group and immediately got on crack. Um, no, but yeah, no, it is great to have the show still rolling. It is amazing to be here six years later, six years of hot takes. I still, I mean, that first show is still so dope. Shout out to Big Mac, who was our first guest. The first show had the Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly hot take on it. It had uh, Frankie Edgar just doesn't do it for me. Hot take. You were on one. It was crazy. That was uh, the first time we discussed Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Who is better? Who is the true GOAT? There's a lot of content in that first episode where I just came out just smoking. There was there was nothing slowing me down on that episode. Nah, you were just shooting. I didn't expect any of that. I was like, oh, he's he's crazy. That's what he is. He's fucking nuts. All right. Well, I guess we got a show now. He's <laughs> a wild boy. So yeah, you know, I'm I'm I haven't made any bets so far this year. I feel like the quarantine has slowed me down, which is great yeah, for making the out. bets. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. So um it feels it feels good to be here at year six, man. It feels feels good. I wanted to just say thank you to everyone who's listening, new listeners, old listeners, everyone alike. There's people who've listened literally to every single episode of our show whether they started on day one or they've gone back and caught up to everything. It's, it's wild, but yeah, there's people who've been along with us for the ride for six years. And Man, y'all, you guys are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> y'all been listening to us for six years. Y'all are crazy. But thank six you. years. Yes. We, we appreciate it. And it's not slowing down, right? Like it's, it's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get better. Um, wrestling with stereotypes is so much fun to do. If you guys haven't checked out the latest episode, make sure you guys check out that as well. Um, Darius Lockhart was incredible. That was probably my favorite wrestling with stereotypes show so far. Is man, it was so personal, it was so dope. So make sure you guys check that out as well. And you know, before the old man becomes like a crazy show producer and writer and goes to Hollywood, I don't know how long I got this old guy in combat sports still. So I'm enjoying every year. Um, he is a pessimist to see. Look how look how humble he is. But in two years, the band's gonna be green lighting shows all over Hollywood. And I'll be like, man, I, I missed that combat sports show. Yeah, right. Cut it out. Just Let me just get a cameo. Let me get a cameo in just, something. Just stop. <laughs> I'll break into the industry, get my acting chops. So man, it is uh it is great though. We appreciate all of you. Dre, first topic for us today on the six-year anniversary show. Have you watched Justice League Snyder's Cut? Yeah, I did. All four hours? 
<laughs> not in one sitting, god damn okay. it. <laughs> I've seen, that's my question. Like, I had to break it into two sittings. I couldn't do it. It was four for me. Oh, you took it like episodic television. Yeah, like I watched it, and like I would wake up and watch it. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this before I start working. And then, well, no, I watched it, and I was like, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch all four hours. And then about like 70 minutes into it, I was like, yo, this shit is really fucking long. So I'm going to take a break and I'm going to go catch up on This Is Us. Then I'll do some work. Then I'll come back. Then I'll watch another like 70 minutes. And I finally finished it today. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, man, this is like you with the WWE, right? The bar is <laughs> on the floor. So it's better. And now everything is like the greatest thing since sliced bread. People are comparing it to Endgame. And I'm like, no, is it good? Yes, it's much better than the original Justice League. Just, original Justice League was garbage, yeah. absolutely terrible. But to me, this is my opinion, that we can like go through the nuances of it. There's a really good movie in between the Whedon cut and the Snyder cut that's, that exists. Four hours is too fucking long. The women singing about to Aquaman, the 10% of the movie is in slow motion, is absurd. Like, and then the song choices really bothered me. Like the scene, well, if you, yeah, fuck it, I don't care. You, if you haven't seen it by now and you didn't see the original, it's been like, what, five, six years since the original drop? So not much has changed. Um, like the scene where the Flash is saving uh, old girl from getting hit by a truck and they play this like crappy folk song. Like there's a lot of unnecessary stuff in the Snyder Cut, but it fleshes out the story, especially Cyborg's story, a whole lot more. And that's the, the good part of it. But did it really need to be four hours? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it's still, it was a good movie, just four fucking hours. There was people on Twitter four? saying all superhero movies should now be four hours. No, absolutely not. Y'all are just my time, man. Like, look, <laughs> so here's a fun fact. My wife hates long movies. And when I, when, I, when I say she hates it, like, she'll ask me, well, how long is the movie? And if I say it's over 90 minutes, she starts going, ah, I, don't, I don't fucking know, man. They're just disrespecting my time. And most <laughs> movies are long now, right? So now we've gotten to the point where I can tolerate a two-hour movie. But then when you start getting past that 120-minute point, now I'm like, do you really need this to, to make a good movie? Four hours? Four hours? Nah, man. Still a good movie, but at four hours? Absolutely not. It, no. No. Hell no. No. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no way I could have made it through it in a movie theater. Nah, so this man. is something that had to be released when everyone's still at home. And then I think you hit everything spot on. Like, it's it's a good movie. It's not great. It's not amazing. It's a good movie. The first one was a bad movie. So really? it went from bad to good. But people, hot takes going around like, oh, this is better than Endgame. What are you talking yeah, about? Like, yeah. end, one, Endgame is the second half of a movie. So, yes, Marvel yeah. is smart enough to split it so people didn't have to sit down for four hours. But if you want to take the last two Avengers film and put them into one, and if you watched that back-to-back -back straight through, it completely crushes this shit. It's not even... Yeah. yeah. I mean, more importantly, though, like Endgame and Infinity War are two movies where by the end of Infinity War, I couldn't watch Endgame immediately. Like if it rolled right into Endgame, I couldn't do it because it was so emotionally draining. You're just like, 
give me a break, right? Yeah. Like, give me a break. If, you know, obviously they had to take time between Endgame and Infinity War. It's kind of like Kill Bill 1 and 2. I'm totally fine with a break in between these movies. They, they're all right on their own. Snyder Cut was just like, at a certain point, I was like, yo, this is abuse. This is really long. I, like, you are disrespecting my time. And again, I'll be very clear. The Ray Fisher cyborg story, like the changes that were made, Steppenwolf looking a whole lot better than the shitty version in the original Justice Oh, yeah. Um, the fight itself, uh, because, dude, like Cyborg and Flash were like hardly in the original one. They're very um, big parts of this. One. And so that made it really good. It was rated R. So there was like impalements and blood like Wonder Woman fucked some people up in that bank scene in the, in the opening segment. Mm-hmm. But the unnecessary. Every time Wonder Woman appears on screen, it goes, oh, yeah. With that damn music, that got that was so annoying. The Amazon music every time she appeared on screen. Like I started counting, I was like, "Do they really have to play this song every time she appears on the screen?" And it would be in slow motion every time she would appear on the screen. Like she did a flip, oh yeah yeah, and it'd be like mad slow, and then like she swing a sword. It it's egregious, man. It's egregious. But I say it again, not a bad movie. Just yo, this is not what y'all, like some of y'all that call this like, it's worth it. No, fuck no, it's not worth it. You were home and you were bored and you watched four hours and you was like, it's better than what they offered me with Batman for Superman original cut, trash. Justice League original cut, trash. Snyder makes better movies than Whedon, but there's just no way in hell this movie should have been four hours long. No way. No, by no means. And then the best part of the movie that everyone's still talking about were the what would be the after credit scenes? Come on. And then, so you get Joker shit. Yeah, the the Martian joint Manhunter, like cool. Um, well, you know, wait, wait. I'll say this: like, I grew up a DC fan and a Marvel fan. I read, I read all these comic books. Seeing the Marshall Manhunter, it, he wasn't in the original at all. So when he's in this cut, I was like, oh shit, it's Martian Manhunter. And then at you know that end that was supposed to be like a post credit scene when you know he's conversing with Batman, I'm like, oh shit, oh they're just really teasing us because DC has not committed to making a sequel to any of this shit. No. In fact, I believe they're not doing it. Like there is a cyborg spinoff that you would want, but we'd fuck this up. There's a like, of course we have the Flash series. There's a Martian Manhunter story that you want. There's a Dark Side story that you really want, but you're not gonna get. And even like the whole Joker thing, because it was like a dream, a Batman dream. And it was really absurd because you had like, they're all like chilling and they allude to Superman killing Aquaman. I'm, again, spoilers, who cares? If, you, if you haven't seen it by now, like the original, I don't know what to tell you, but it's all a dream. So people got hype and I'm like, it's a fucking dream, who cares? It's not like, Jared Leto's not returning for the Justice League movie in this fashion because it was like a whole post-apocalyptic world where Darkseid won. Let's be, and let's also be clear. Thanos, greater than Steppenwolf, greater than Darkseid, greater than any villain in the DC universe. There is no one better than Thanos. No. And I understand that this movie was filmed before Endgame and everything else, right? But let's be, let's be honest. A lot of it matches up like, okay, Mother Boxes, Infinity Stones. Like you, you, you have a lot of these similarities. The Martian Manhunter tease at the end. It's like, yeah, that's really cool. I just saw this shit with Captain Marvel. And it's the same question. 
They just went through all of this to be the bad guys. You have insane powers. Where the hell were you? <laughs> like, I mean, what? thank you, Martian Manhunter, for not helping us out and letting us know you've been here the entire time. We probably could have used another body. FYI. Well, the other problem is in completely through DC's fault. Marvel was just better at telling the story because they had a much longer time, multiple films. Some of them weren't good, Iron Man 3. And, but they progressed this story to a point where after 12 years of movies, 12 or 11 years of films, you got the culmination of everything that you wanted to see in Endgame. You got the culmination of all that. Like DC hasn't had that much time to make this, give you an emotional investment into these characters. Ben Affleck just became Batman. It's not even close to, to Downey being Tony Stark. Not even close. Like when, again, you haven't seen Endgame, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. Tony Stark dying was like, holy shit. The whole, the whole shit interaction with him and Spider-Man, incredible. Like Black Widow and the Hawkeye scene, it meant something because you've been invested in these characters for multiple movies. I just met Cyborg. I just, like... Diana, Wonder Woman, you had a great first movie, an absolute trash second one, but I just met you. Even Henry Cavill as Superman, yeah, you died, and we knew you were coming back, but I'm not emotionally invested in any of this shit. DC hasn't had that much time to tell that story. So when people say, this is a better story than Marvel, no, it's not. You haven't been around that long. Maybe you just favor DC. That's okay. But to say it's a better movie, stop it. No. It's not even the best DC movie. Oh, hell People no. said that it was the best DC. Like, have you guys forgot the Dark Knight series? I mean, shit, it's not better than Shazam. Fuck what you heard. Oh, Shazam was dope. <laughs> I forgot about bad. Shazam. <laughs> Shazam it's was bad. really cool. Black Adam. I don't know. I don't know about that yet. I've been seeing I, the pictures. I don't know either. I don't know. I, it's, you know, I, I like watching people discuss these things on social media because I like the knee-jerk reactions. Like, oh, let's compare it to Endgame, like, immediately. And then, like, that's fine. It's not better than Infinity War. It's not better than Endgame. It's not better than Civil War. It's not better than Winter Soldier. It's not better than Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, is it better than Iron Man 3? Yeah. Is it better sure. than Iron Man 2? Sure. Is it better than Iron Man 1? No. Is it better than Amazing Spot? No. It, it's like... It's fine, but y'all are bugging talking about how fantastic this movie is. Why can't it just be good, better? And it's like, the bigger question is, why did it take all these years in a four-hour movie to make me go, eh, this ain't bad after all? That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's a redo. It's a mulligan. Yeah, but everybody saw that mulligan. Yeah. That, that was a, boy, that was a brick. Yeah, I, so I, I don't know. I don't, I'm still... It's so hard to detach it from the first film. It's like, and another thing, it's like, yo, it's four hours, but two hours of the film I've already seen. Yeah. Well, see, you've seen two hours of it, but man, I, I like when I say we didn't fuck this movie up, he really fucked this movie up. Superman's black suit, not in the original. The cyborg story. How did you leave this out? Like, how did you leave this cyborg story out that yeah. was so detrimental to the narrative? You completely excluded it, made him more like cyborg on Teen Titans. And I'm like, yo, what am I watching? Like, when I watched the original, I had so many questions. Like, there is a scene in the Snyder Cut. There's two scenes. When they're plotting how to invade the, the where Steppenwolf is, that scene doesn't exist in the original. They just show up. And yeah. you're just like, what are they doing here? And they didn't even talk about a plan. There's not a lot, like, the fact that Cyborg doesn't have a backstory, Flash doesn't have a backstory, 
And they're like, even the color palette, the Whedon version is very bright and colorful. The mm-hmm. beginning is like Snoop, Superman in the original Whedon version, Superman is being filmed on a cell phone, talking about Justice League, blah, blah, blah. The Whedon, the Snyder cut, Superman is dying and yelling and activating the mother boxes, which is so much darker. And it's like, that's a good way to start a movie. They just, they fucked this movie up. I've never seen a movie that got this fucked up. Yeah, this poor was Whedon. the original. Woo. Poor what Whedon, no, it's his fault. What, Fuck what is he going to do out there? This really shits on him. That's the worst part. Because no. it's like, yo, you want to see how bad this guy is? Dog, like Michael Bay can fuck up a movie, right? Like he'll do a Transformers movie and it's like just nothing but explosions, right? And you're like, where's the story? And he's like, boom, 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 explosions. This sucks. But then you see the Weed version. Everybody thought Justice League sucks because it was absolutely nonsensical. There was no real story. Shit just happened for no reason. People just appeared for no reason. And then you're like, well, it sucked. And then they allowed Snyder to get his hands back on the film. And then he redid it. And you were like, oh, it really sucks. It's kind of like the WWE not having competition for so many years. And then things pop up and you're like, oh, this is pro wrestling. I don't know what the fuck I've been watching all these years. (laughs) Yeah, it's very main roster-ish. Do you have faith in where they go next? No, no. Unless Zack Snyder is involved in DC, has already said, the, the studios have already said, no, he's not. There are no plans for him to direct another movie. No, I have, no. That Wonder Woman eighty four. I watched like ten minutes of it. And I was like, I can't. And yeah, I saw the reviews. Bad. And I'm gonna watch it because that's what I have to do to really trash it. But then I went, I went back and I started watching Batman versus Superman again. I was like, oh, I forgot how fucking bad this was. Woo. Oh, I turned it off. I, I've still never seen the end. I couldn't get through it. It was it's, that bad. And I get through shitty movies. It's it's bad. It is bad. And I don't know how you mess something up that much. And that's why people are like, Affleck is one of the best Batmans, probably the best overall Bat. Like, I haven't seen him enough. (laughs) No, I mean, he ain't touching Christian Bale, but. No, he ain't touching Bale at all. Not even Michael Keaton. Touching Keaton. Yeah, Yeah. Keaton. Even though, you know, Keaton was a great Bruce Wayne. Yes, he was. He was. Um, Or excuse I like Keaton's Batman more than I like Keaton's Bruce Wayne. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christian Bale, I liked his Bruce Wayne, and the Batman was okay. I mean, the problem with the Batman, the voice just bugged me out. I love the voice. Why do you talk about it? Because (laughs) it's so realistic. It's like, yo, I just throw this mask on, but I keep the same exact voice. So you you just know it's not me. Like, no. So he uses the stupid, rough, grovelly voice. Like, you couldn't tell that was him. I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, and even Jared Leto is the Joker. Like, no, Heath Ledger is the Joker. Yes. Right? The one like post credit scene didn't make me geek out. Him talking no. about Robin and blah, blah, like, no, it's okay. No. And like, and, and here's the other issue is like, Suicide Squad sucked. Like, DC has a bad track record now. Um, the Harley Dean movie, Birds of Prey, was Quinn. really good. Yes. I mean, Harley Dean, Harley Dean, holy shit, I'm talking porn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The Harley Quinn <laughs> Birds of Prey movie was really good. And I enjoyed the shit out of that. Yo, I, I can't believe I called it Harley Dean. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking, talking for And if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Ah, uh, Sucio boys in the house. <laughs> Shout out to Bodega boys. Wow. That's Woo. a turn. If we had a problematic light, boy. <laughs> anyway. We're not editing that out either. It's no, Harley um, Quinn. <laughs> yeah. Harley Quinn versus player. That was great. I enjoyed that. But it's like the track record is just, it's shit. 
it is shit. They don't make they, they make good TV shows, right? Arrow and Flash, good TV shows. But this movie thing, they got to get it together. They're not touching Marvel, and y'all got to stop. They're not touching Marvel. All right. Again, pack show, people. Six-year anniversary. We're covering everything we like. So we started with nerd stuff. Now it's time to transition to some music. Dre, Versus announced, one, Versus announced a new lineup, but there was a good Versus that just happened. Yes. Like we we saw, and it, it was crazy. You know, Wu-Tang, I, I would have liked for it to be a whole Wu-Tang Versus if this how it went, but... It was dope to see Ray and Ghost up there playing joints from their catalog. There were songs in there. I was like, yo, I forgot about this track. Yeah. It was one that was, I was pleasantly surprised because those were two guys where, yeah, we know they have some hits. We know that, but they played cuts off the album, like deep cuts. That was for Wu-Tang fans. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed at how many people were watching it. But then again, it's like a lot of other shit going on. People just are maskless and leaving the house. So it's not like what Versus used to be. Um, and I enjoyed it because it was more concert than anything else. It was more a celebration of the Woo. And, you know, hearing Ghost and Wait Ray together is incredible. Uh, that's kind of, and I don't mind that. But now it's like they set the stage for these next three verses all on Triller. Triller's got a lot of fucking money. Um, ton of money. Is it not on IG anymore? It's still going to be on IG, but instead of being on Apple, it's going to be on Triller. Yeah, yeah. That's so, how I watch this one, too. Yeah, you know, Triller buying up all the boxing and shit, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and this ridiculous card they're doing for Jake Paul and Ben Askren. Which, by the way, they're having a press conference out here in Vegas, and they invited me to. And I'm like, I'm not leaving the house. They're yeah. like, come on, don't you want to interview Jake Paul? I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I really don't. Um, um, shout out to Peter Kahn, yes. who's always like super cool with us. They put him in charge of boxing operations. Yeah. So I might go have uh, lunch with Peter, but I ain't going to that presser. Hell no. No, no. But the thing is, is that Versus has a nice little stage set uh, with the next three battles. Let's talk about them. Where do you want to start? Starting at the top, Earth, Wind, and Fire versus the Isley Brothers. My Marcus Vanderberg, reverse right back. Great. <laughs> Yahoo. Feels as though I am disrespecting the Isley Brothers wholeheartedly by saying earth wind and fire like it was like oh yeah this is gonna be a great versus oh earth wind and fire is winning though and he was like hold on young fella they're not winning i've looked at it on paper it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough um they're not beating us yeah i think the catalog granted so it's 20 songs 20 songs is what you're limited to but Isley Brothers catalog is five decades deep. Dog, I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. Let's groove. I love September. But just like the problem that we're going to have in one of the other battles that we're going to talk about here in a second, it, it goes thin after about 10 for Earth, Wind, and Fire, whereas the Isley Brothers are just, it's one after the other. Look, there's obviously like that lady, there's Between the Sheets, there's there is um for the love of you, which is fucking incredible. I, nothing's gonna be for the love of you. Uh, there's footsteps in the dark, but then it just gets this caravan of love. I mean, they're probably just gonna play the big Mr. Big verse from Contagious and just leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say you gotta exists. cut them out, but yeah. <laughs> there's groove with you, and the other thing about this battle, yes, it's probably gonna skew older. Like the verse is gonna skew older, but the young people that do tune in. 
they're going to notice how much the Isley brothers have been sampled through the years. Yep. And that's going to give them an even bigger edge because yeah, earth, wind and fire. I love earth, wind and fire, but it's very, it's very a capsule of time, right? It captures a certain era. Whereas the Isley brothers have, have moved through errors and being sampled and being reused. Like nobody's really sampling September from earth, wind and fire or let's groove. It's very static in the, the era that it was made in. So it's like, it's going to be a great battle. I'm going to be partying and drinking it's it's easter sunday i'm getting drunk on easter sunday oh it's easter sunday yeah Yeah. but ozzy brothers got this and i i love earth wind and fire but i told you the battle to make was charlie wilson versus ronald ozzy and i still think ronald ozzy would have won that because then you have the gap band and all the charlie wilson shit but the catalog is too deep man the ozzy's brothers catalog is just too deep it is deep like i'm looking twist and shout is the ozzy brothers like what Oh my God, that's a heart of mine. Yeah, it's too much. It, it's a lot to go against for 20 songs. Like, even if you steal eight, you got to be real strategic to steal eight from them. Good so, oh yeah, that's it's going to be one hell of a battle. I hope they wear the original costumes. That'd be incredible. I don't want to see no new school shit. Come out in original <laughs> costumes. I need choreography. I need everything. I need this I mean, to be it just an experience on stage. If I've seen Earth, Wind & Fire perform recently, like six years ago, and they had a great show. They had the band on stage. They, they was killing it. If they do that, then things, it, they still lose. But it'll be more interesting because Earth, Wind & Fire is just incredible live, right? Yeah. Ozzy Brothers is great, but it's just something to watch. Earth, Wind & Fire would be like 37 people on stage and everybody's playing instruments and moving and dancing. You're like, what the fuck is going on? In sync. Nobody can do that today. Rappers, there's one person rapping and there's 32 people on stage doing absolutely nothing. Earth, Wind & Fire has an incredible stage show. But yeah, man, that Ozzy Brothers catalog can't beat it. The one-piece suit? I might have to go get a a, a one-piece jumper. Just to rock around the crib during this. with With the chest out, though. I don't got much chest hair, but if I did, the chest hair would be showing in a, in a thin gold chain, gold rope. So I got I to gotta get into character, cosplay for this versus. Um, the second one is kind of no brainer. Red and meth, 420. Yeah, I mean, right. this is just a, this is a celebration. This ain't really a battle. Yeah, that's not a battle. Red like, man runs them over. Well, you know, mm. God damn, this, this is the thing. This is the thing. Because if, if it was just really solo catalog, then I'd be like, yeah, Red kills Meth. But it's not. And Meth yeah. is going to do a bunch of Wu-Tang shit. And people are going to go crazy. But man, this is another one of the... Like, this one is more of a toss-up to me. I think Meth will probably edge it out because of the Wu-Tang stuff. But I think people are going to forget. Oh, yeah. Red Man, the headbanger. Red Man. Uh, uh, like, everything that Red Man has from the Muddy Waters, Dares the Dark Side, Time for Some Action, to all of his guest spots... There, it's this is not. There's some people saying Meth is going to run them over. That's not going to happen. No, but that Wu Tang no. shit is, is is tough to beat. But the key is, is there's going to be Red Man fans. Like for Red to win, you got to already be a Red Man fan. Because you got to oh, appreciate the lyricism. You got to appreciate. If you're not a Red Man fan. You should be banned. There's a lot of people who aren't Red Man fans. There's a lot they of people who've never banned. heard his solo albums or like that's, catalog. That's stupid. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I mean, what, him and Scarface probably the two most underrated rappers. Yeah, I, yeah. I was thinking history? about this the other day. 
Scarface, Redman are arguably two of the most underrated rappers in hip hop history. They don't get talked about enough. No, yeah. it's, it's criminal. So this is going to be one of those reminders. Like, oh, Red got joints for a lot of people. And a lot of people are going to hear it for the first time. Yeah, I mean, like just off the top of my head, you know, he can dig into his bag and do the Christina Aguilera joint, that dirty joint. He could do 4321. He could do Got My Mind Right. But shit, they're both on that, actually. Um, but there's just, you know, whatever, man. Like, Reg- Reggie Noble just, that man was a fucking savage. Still is a savage. Oh, easily. Uh, I mean, they're clearly going to close with the Rockweiler, which is going to be fire. Yeah. Um, but they have How High Remix together. There's so much. Yeah, this will be more of a celebration than an actual battle. Yeah. Oh, if he's going to play Let's Get Dirty. There's so many dope joints that he has. Um, oh, Tonight's Tonight was dope. Oh, that... Pick it up. There's this. There's a lot of shit that Red Man has, but it'll be. It'll end up being a celebration. Of two guys getting really fucking high, and I don't smoke, but I would be intrigued. Yeah, I don't smoke either. But shout out to everyone who treats it like a holiday. You guys will be thoroughly entertained. I'm sure. Um, I'll I'll drink with you guys on that day, and then the last one. And this is the this is the doozy because I had to put out the poll on Twitter. An old man. You are in the minority, 73% to 27%, mm-hmm. according to Twitter. And I've seen other people. I vote in other people's polls. It's the same numbers. Mm-hmm. SWV versus Xscape. Yeah, this, y'all are wild. Like, y'all, y'all are wild because SWV's catalog is fucking thin. It's thin? They only need 11. <laughs> That's, I, I'm just saying, like, okay. SWV versus Escape. What's going to happen is that people are going to forget how much shit Escape has done until they're reminded how much shit that Candy Burris and Escape has done over the years because SWV, man, there's really like one in a possible in their album catalog. Yes, they have the Anything remix of Wu-Tang. Yes, they have the Human Nature remix of right here. Yes, they have Weak, which I don't ever want to hear again, but they're going to play it. You don't like Weak? That's something you grew up in the prime 90s shit. They played it every five minutes. So I can't can't take it. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, when I said when I was a kid, I don't ever want to hear that song again. I'm still here with that. I don't want to hear that song again. I don't. But Escape? Come on, man. I'm so into you. Can we? The Missy Elliott joint? Listen, 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 listen. Obviously, just kicking it is what because that's what people go. Oh, they just had just kicking it. No, they didn't. They had more than just kicking it. They had who can I run to? Who can I run to is going to be very difficult to beat. Their SWV's uh, song selection better be on point. Yeah, because you gotta you, you gotta crush that with weak. And I don't, and me personally, I just think who can you run to is the better song. Who can I run to is the better song? My little secret. That was like the girls' jam. You play that again? Come on, understanding. Mm. Do you want to, uh, like, what, uh, uh, God damn it, what I was Softest place on earth, which is all right. That's not what I was thinking about. They're going to play uh, Bounce With Me with Bow Wow, and people are going to, oh, yeah, that was an escape collaboration. Yes, it was. They're going to play, oh, my God, what's the more I carry? Always Be My Always Baby. Always Be My Baby, yeah. And people are going to go, oh, yeah, that, that's what's going to happen in this battle. 
SWV, you know their songs, but it ain't that many. It's not. And don't let it be about what Candy has written. Then it's really Candy and Tony. And, and oh my God, Candy and Tiny, like their their catalog of written songs is obnoxiously long. If they pull out those, then it's over. There's there's no they, there's no chance in hell for SWV. No. If you if you start going like when Jada was like, oh by the way, I wrote Victory for Puff, boom, I'm playing it. Like, yeah, no, you you lose if you you they start doing that because Candy and Tiny's catalog is crazy. Like she's pulling out TLC songs. Uh, she got the the first single for Pink, which was crazy. She has no scrubs, man. She has no scrubs. Yeah, like so. Nah, there's there's too much too much there to compete with. But just their catalog, I don't know. It's not like Escape got 20 either. I mean, Escape has a lot. I'm, I'm just saying, after you get past the first like eight songs of SWV, which is Right Here Remix, Week, Rain, I'm So Into You, Anything Remix, You're Always On My Mind. Um... I'm missing something. I missed something. They probably played downtown. They probably played downtown because downtown yeah. was like the first R&B like eat me out song, which was crazy back in the day because like nobody talked about that shit, but SWV did. But then it gets like thin after that because where do you go from there? Yeah, there's not much that I. Again, after I, I looked, you're I was the like, one. Ah. you're the one, maybe, but it's like it, someone it, it, featuring Puff. Yeah, you know. It was. I'm just saying, Escape has joints that's going to compete with that. Like, dog, understanding is a jam. Obviously, just kicking is what's what they're known for. But you're my, the rain. Oh my god, jam! Like off the Love Jones soundtrack, they got jams. And the the it's easy to say SWV is going to win because you feel like they were better than what they were. It's like it's kind of like I hate doing this. It's kind of like the Whitney Houston catalog. Whitney Houston was, a, was an incredible singer. But who has more joints, Whitney or Janet? Janet. Period. But yeah. it, feels like, it feels like blasphemy to say that Janet would get Whitney in a versus. But she would. She would eat Whitney alive in a versus. If it was singing, though, yeah, Whitney bodies like everybody in the history of everything. But Whitney don't have that many jams compared to Janet Jackson. It's true. I mean, you just gave me a good idea for another. I wouldn't wouldn't mind Mariah Carey versus Janet for a versus. Damn, that's tough. Hey, I'm that's, not even a Mariah fan, but boy, she just never goes away, and she no, always that's joints. She's got she's a chameleon. Like she'll just find her way into a, a genre. It's like, oh, I'm gonna be black today. Boom. Oh, I'm gonna be white today. One more day. Boom. Like, and you're just like, well, goddamn. She just she could drop a Latino remix or some shit. Like she could hop on some wild joint, like a Mark yeah. Anthony, and crush it. Yeah, like Mariah Carey. Yeah, like that. That's tough. That that comes down to song selection because their catalogs are that deep. That, yeah, that's when it comes down to song selection. Mariah kind of has a longevity, but Janet packs so much in, to her albums that it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean Velvet Rope, Rhythm Nation. Like I'm a Janet's album. run. She had a three album run that was just insane. It was Mariah had like an eight album run. I've, I've never liked a Mariah album. Ever. What? But I get it. Never. I've never liked a Mariah album. Not oh, through. Oh shit. Not like yeah. Like not like all the way through. I can't listen to a Mariah album all the way through. But I can recognize like yo, she's got tons of number ones. So when it comes down to like a playlist of, of jams, 
yeah, she. I'm not gonna say she's untouchable. I saw Charlamagne said that Mary J. Blige is untouchable. Uh, Probably not against Mariah Carey. No, by no means. I mean, listen, listen. Timberland is on my side. He says Chris Brown beats Usher. Yeah, and he's bugging. <laughs> I think he's just trying to smoke smoke them out. Yeah, I think to so get, too. Because yeah. yeah, it was a work. He's trying to get them to agree. Work him oh. into a shoot. And you know, Chris Brown will do it too. If you work him hard enough into a shoot, he'll. Oh yeah. He, He'll oh, throw a chair through the window. It's on. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just, if Ush comes through, it'd be like, come on, man. I crushed that little kid. And then, yeah, Chris is all in. Yeah. Like, so I, I see what Tim's doing. I We follow enough pro wrestling. We we know yeah. the game. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I thought, you know, Versus was waiting for a second. I was like, how are they going to keep it going? But these, these are some good matchups. There's still good matchups to be had. Definitely. So yeah. I, I think it's dope. Again, we're still due for a DJ or, excuse me, a producer battle. We're due for a DJ back. battle. After what DJ Scratch did in, in advance of the D'Angelo versus oh. my friends thing, yo. We got to do Scratch versus D-Nice. I'm, yo, I, we'll Even leave it the at pandemic this. DJs, baby. Yeah, we'll leave it at this and then we can move on to pro wrestling and everything else. There, I would felt so disrespected watching that with all those people. Like, the DJ is killing. Motherfucker, that's DJ Scratch. That's not just who's this DJ. Just tell it's like, man, y'all need some motherfucking education. I wish the fuck the wood. Mick Jagger would get. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And on stage, like that old man is killing it, or like slash from Guns N' Roses, a bunch of white kids. Guys, that old white guy is—they know who he is. Hip hop, y'all gotta get y'all shit together. Know your ancestors. And Scratch is still fucking here, killing it. He destroyed that session. And so many people are like, "Who's the DJ? Are you kidding me?" Stop. Yeah. I closed it out after it. I listened to two D'Angelo. <laughs> D'Angelo's like, "You guys are the friends." I was like, "Oh, no one else showing up." I was like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> scratch held me down that's all i needed to see yeah man. That, that was it uh let's hit our first break when we come back gonna hit up pro wrestling and then we're gonna close the show with boxing and mma again throwback style everything in one show it is great six-year anniversary the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts.
Guys don't go anywhere. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back talking pro wrestling. Oh, got to start at WWE Fastlane. We have to do it. It seems like it happened so long ago. It was just last weekend. And it's your favorite pay-per-view of the year. The one sandwiched in between Rumble or between Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania for no reason. No reason. And this one didn't provide much, but we're getting a clearer picture for WrestleMania, right? So we had Riddle versus Mustafa Ali pre-show. Good match. Mm-hmm. Riddle retains the official breakup of, uh, I forgot their name already. <laughs> Retribution. Retribution. I almost called them Revolution. Yeah, not that. <laughs> Retribution. Mace, Reckoning, Slapjack, T-Bar. Look yeah. like they are no more. Ali by himself, they turn on him. Ali made this into something that was almost bearable. And that's the best compliment I could give the man. His promo work was great. He never needed them. And that was the problem. This gimmick would have worked solo and he would have been fine. So I I don't know where he goes from here. I, I, I know where you stand on it. I might be as pessimistic, but I don't want to speak it into existence. Look, man. Ali, Mustafa Ali. I'm not calling him Mustafa. Fuck that. Unless he <laughs> asked me to. He made chicken salad out of chicken shit with this. Because this was dead on arrival. The moment Retribution first showed up on NXT, right? The first time it showed up? Was it? Uh, no, the lights were cut on SmackDown. And oh. shit was going crazy. <sighs> okay. this was, But it was dead on arrival. We all agree. Yes, it was was stupid. Then Ali joined and we're like, really? Then he starts talking shit about the WWE on Twitter. Then he starts cutting these really good protons. And I'm like, wow, he's making chick salad, chick shit. Now they break him up. And my immediate thought is it's over for Ali because you broke them up while like they stunk together. Right. But Ali was the great leader. But the way you made Ali go out by him getting bitched out by the like Mace in Slapjack, whatever the fuck was going on. T-Bar, yes. Whatever. I can't believe... I, did Vince come up with these names? Because this is ridiculous. The names is what um, did them in. If they would have just... Nah, it, if they would have unmasked... Them in. Th- the, they could have rocked the mask until it was time to un, you know, take the hoodies down, take the mask off, and they could have just been themselves. Like, if they were... Dijakovic, he was wronged. Mia Yim... Wrong, did not use correctly. Um, uh, Dio Madden got bitched out by Brock Lesnar. He was wronged. Uh, the other guy, they cut his tag team partner, Shane Thorne. He was wronged and not, and not used right. So 
you have four people who have stories where they could have said, we were all wronged. We are ourselves and we're following Mustafa Ali and it would have worked. And we're here to change. We're here for retribution. What you guys have done to our careers would have made sense. Keeping the mask on and giving them goofy ass names made no sense. The WWE put the cart before the horse, didn't figure out who was really going to be in the group until it was too late. Then they put them in there. And if they would have came with those angles, which all sound good, they would have been baby faces. That's the problem. They were like, <laughs> oh, these guys are baby faces. Yeah. Like, this makes sense. They're baby faces. But that's not what Vince wanted. He wanted some, some invasion angle that was totally shitty and a ripoff of the Nexus. And just a bunch of crap-tastic characters that I was like, I just saw Dajakovic on TV. He should just be who he was. And they blew it. But the moment they beat up on Ali, when Ali got bitched out, I was like, it's over. Because how do you come back from that? They buried the angle with Ali and Kofi, which was a very obvious angle they could have rolled into WrestleMania with. But they didn't. They don't believe in Ali. That's all I got. They gave him a chance. We liked it. But there's no fans in the arena to cheer it on. Vince didn't. And now it's over. And now Ali has nowhere to go. As for Riddle, it's a really good match. But man... I don't know what we're going to do with Riddle. This scooter shit, it, it, like he gets cornier by the week. I think it's such funny. a good wrestler. Like it's corny, but, yeah, but I mean, it's, it, it's his personality. Like, I think he might just be corny. He's a corny stoner. Like you want him to be something he's not like, they got to give him an edge sooner or later. That's Preferably. The he's the champ. Yeah. Like, but got to put him in the right feud storytelling to bring out the edge and make it look believable so yeah like but in the meantime he can be goofy until he switch turns and flips the switch i i think there's a place for his goofy character if they lean in and give him an edge kind of like big e now right like big e has always yeah, been no. able to flip the switch and it was believable riddle needs to do the same it's just there's I, a spot for it though it just feels very RVD-ish and it's hard to take seriously. And we need Riddle to have an edge because he is the champion now. Because Riddle's going into WrestleMania with no feud. He's nothing to do. Well, no, they just started his WrestleMania feud on Raw. What was that? Who was him, him versus Sheamus. Nothing to do. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be his WrestleMania feud, though. I'm just saying, it's nothing to do. Like, there's nobody clamoring for a, a Matt Riddle Versus, oh, I'm sorry, Riddle versus Sheamus match. Nobody, nobody, nobody's asking for this. No, it might all. be okay match if they give it them might time. Be. But that's the right. problem. You got two nights, and they're going to jam pack a bunch of other shit in here. Yeah, and you got two weeks to build this feud that nobody asked for. No, just give me a good match. That's all I want. Like, okay, like some stuff. I guess for WrestleMania, it's kind of it's dumb to not have everything have. A good story behind it because you have plenty of fucking time between rumble and mania every match should have a great story right perfect world they are not capable of doing that they've proven that like i'm not giving them credit but just give me a good match make it the snyder's cut and not the original like cool you fucked up already i'm not expecting it to be amazing make it good give them 15 minutes uh, make it good like We'll talk about the rest of Fastlane, but I, Sheamus has done good in the position that he's in. The storytelling has just been really fucking bad. Yeah. And here we are with a match that might end up on the pre-show. 
the way but, this WrestleMania shit is getting booked. Could. And it might not get the time. But this WrestleMania card is not shaping up to be good. Not yet, no. Then uh, Fastlane next, the opening match, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, with Reginald, <sighs> defeated Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Holy fuck. All right. You know, like, you're playing basketball, and it's like, it's a layup drill, right? Just go make a layup. Yep. It's right there. Bianca and Sasha's the layup. Instead, these motherfuckers put cones in the middle of the, there. They was like, do a 360 off of the top of the backboard, bounce the ball off of the head. And they made this way too complicated. This match sucked. It sucked. There was like Sasha, Sasha is prone to having a botch here and there, but there was like a real egregious one where she tried to do like a kickoff DDT on Nia Jax off of Shayna and it just looked really bad. And the match just never recovered. And yeah. then you have Reginald getting involved, which is like, he like they, I feel bad for Carmella because Carmella came in with Reginald and was like, oh, you know, you're giving Carmella a push. Carmella's gone again. <laughs> Reginald is still here getting yeah. involved in shit that nobody asked him to be involved in what is the angle what are we doing why are we doing this this is no this was bad this was bad and then to cap it all off your champ gets pinned Bianca got pinned last week your champ yeah. gets pinned this week Sasha calls Bianca a rookie smacks the dog shit out of her and you know what Bianca's response is I'm gonna point at the Wrestlemania sign this dog <laughs> I'm done so with the pointing for, for no. everyone I'm done with the pointing Yo, this, this feud was so simple. I'm, I'm just going to lay it out there. And if y'all disagree, tell me I'm wrong. Sasha, Bianca, the two best women on SmackDown, primed to headline one of the nights of WrestleMania. The moment that Bianca wins, you put her in another feud. She feuds with Bailey. Sasha, I don't care. Whatever you want to do with it. Have her feud with Nia Jax. I don't give a shit. Give her a different feud. But the whole time that they're playing off each other is, I'm better than you. Watch what I do to my competition. Bianca's last feud before the Sasha match at Mania should have been Shayna Baszler. Why? Because Bianca never beat Shayna in NXT. It's a built-in story that can prove that Bianca is a dominant force to challenge Shayna ba- I mean, uh, Sasha Banks. Yep. Instead, you've had these two look like goofs getting pinned by random people every week on roll-ups and dumb shit. And now, a match that could have been historic with two black women headlining a night of WrestleMania for this, the women's title is now reduced to just a match. There is nothing here. Even worse, Sasha's heel work has been awful. It's been so bad. Well, it's been Reginald dominated. It, dude, you've involved too many people. But Sasha's heel work is like, ha, ha, ha. I am better than you, Bianca. Look yeah. at me. And like her ex, her entrance is now extra. Like she throws those extra dance moves in there that look like a white girl dance. And she's like, mm, 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 with the title and like she holds it up. I'm like, dog, can't you just keep Sasha the way she was and Bianca the way she was? Because that's what we want. We don't need like extra story. The story's there. They fucked this up. Yeah. Some stuff doesn't get enough story. This got way too much story. It's this just got way too much story. People, that's not them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why, why is Reginald involved in this shit? Tag team titles and for what? It's it was it's too much. Um, yeah. So in the end, even though Twitter's still pushing for it to main event, it's not even worthy of main eventing now. Well, it's not main eventing anymore. Yeah. So like well, anymore, it, it wasn't in the first place. Yeah. Not. Like it, it's not even worthy to be in the conversation. It sucks. Um, Big E versus Apollo Cruz. Oh my god! Five minute match. <sighs> Why did they even do this? 
so Apollo can stand on Big E's face. So after a roll up, a weird roll up sequence of pins that ended in Big E winning. Like before I let you go off on it, <laughs> Apollo has lost to Big E four straight times. Yes, what are we doing? Why does he get another chance? Like I just I just logically speaking, it's not over. This isn't over. Like whatever the again, my accent is worse than the worse than his. Um but why? Why do you keep getting chances? Like they have to add a stipulation at this point. So, because at least it feels like a blood feud. Like, give it a stipulation. It feels like a blood feud. This match didn't even need to happen. They were just filling space on a content show to try to work out the wrinkles in Peacock, which, from what I've gathered, everybody hated watching this on Peacock. But they did this match, and it started off, and I was like, oh, they got some heat. They're going at it. Yep. Three minutes later, it's some funky ass roll up. And at first, I was like, oh, it's a double pin. There, so we can go into WrestleMania saying Apollo saying I beat you and he's saying I beat you and they no Biggie won and I'm sitting there and I'm going well, why the fuck are we doing this again <laughs> they've already gone through this whole thing where you know Biggie told him to go to catering and all this shit and Apollo's got an edge granted this is the best feud that they have for either of these talents because you only got two and a half weeks of WrestleMania from today yep so this is the best feud you could possibly have but the best thing to do was have a non-finish the best thing to do was have a pop, like either in some way, shape, or form, a DQ, a non-finish, a, a like something. I, I hate. would have taken a double count out, and I hate double count outs. Anything that keeps this thing going where it doesn't feel like Apollo just keeps getting an egregious chance after egregious chance when he keeps losing. Yep. It doesn't make sense. Double count out could have at least been spun into a false count anywhere match. Where you allow them to beat the hell out of each other. And the worst part is this match was like six minutes long. It didn't even need to be on the show. It was so short and useless. Man, if if they can't get out their own way, I swear to God, like this is just bad stuff. This has been bad television. Short and useless. Great transition. Braun Strowman versus Elias because Shane McMahon gets injured doing Muay Thai pre-show. Kel, can you explain something to me? Have you seen um, Have you seen Shane McMahon wrestle barefoot? No. No. Have you seen not? (laughs) He is not Matt Riddle. No. Has he? Have you seen Shane McMahon wear boxing gloves in the ring? No. No. Have you seen Shane McMahon do a running knee strike? No. 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 Okay. Why is he training shit that he doesn't do in a wrestling match? It's a good question. Why is Adam Pearce watching this shit? (laughs) Then what? (laughs) <laughs> why does he, why do you have this why do you announce this match take it off announce it again and then say oh Shane got injured and then put Elias in the match against Strowman you know what this tells me Vince don't know what the fuck he's doing he keeps going back and forth because this is a pay-per-view that didn't need to happen yep. and let me get this straight Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon have beef because Shane called Braun stupid is that it that's about it that's it. Just like Seth Rollins is mad as a sorrow for spinning him 22 times. And that's a WrestleMania feud? This is well, how to, we get to WrestleMania? To be fair, Seth needed to recruit new people because his, his crew broke up. And then everyone started turning their back on him. And Cesaro decided to beat his ass and spin but, him. But at, 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 It was disrespectful. That's more disrespectful than calling him stupid. 
It was just like, he, he spun me 22 times. Listen, it's WrestleMania where we should be culminating all the best feuds. 22 times spun in a in Shane McMahon, who hasn't been on TV in forever after Raw Underground, said you're stupid. And now we got to fight. And that, in that match. Raw Underground. What did I tell you, though? What wow. did I tell you? What did I tell you? Shane was going to get his way. He was doing Raw Underground. I told you he was going to end with Shane doing something. Yep. This is how it ended. Shane's in a match at WrestleMania. I don't know if it's his decision. It's probably Vince's decision. Son, I need you. The show yep. needs juice. But nobody wants to see this match. No, he's not giving it juice because they didn't build towards anything. There's nothing here. No. So then we have Rollins versus Nakamura. Good, Good match. match. Clean finish. I enjoyed it. I have nothing else to say. Like, yeah, ooh, I, that's it, great. It, dog, we talk about Towns has been dirty, done dirty. And some people go, man, Nakamura's had all the titles except for like one. He's had a good run. He hasn't. As big of a star as Nakamura should be, and this match was proof of it, he should be in a real feud heading into WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. He should be doing something at Mania. This was such a good match. Like um, he, him and Rollins put on the show, like last year, would, he was in the tag match last year, right? Yep. Year before that, did he have a match? Yeah, um, we were there. And he beat Rusev for the U.S. title on the pre-show. Okay, there we go. So he wasn't on the real show. He was on the pre-show. No, so no, he fight. was on the pre-show. And then um, Asuka defended her title on the pre-show as well. We haven't even gotten to Asuka yet. Um, Nakamura. Does Yo, first... I saw the first bad Asuka match of my life. Hey, and it's not even Asuka's fault. We'll talk about that in a second. Put a pin <laughs> in that. <laughs> but man, Nakamura, like, why is Nakamura just had? I keep going back to it. He just had that gauntlet match where he was the last man standing, and yeah. they never built anything off of it. And then he goes and has this match with Seth Rollins. He's like, oh, well, he should be involved in something. He has nothing. He's not, he's going to be in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Oh, my fucking God. For a guy that was hey, doing that, I'm sure they are. Oh, okay. okay. And it's weird because, you know, because of COVID and because of the nature of the network, well, Peacock. There's no bonus for being on WrestleMania. I just be like, just le- let me stay home. But, you know, yeah. they're going to still try to cram all this talent on WrestleMania. Like, people give a shit. Like, if Nakamura is not in a meaningful match, I don't give a shit. Yep. But, I mean, I would like to see the entrance. But that's it. That's it. Um, then we have Drew Mack, Sheamus, No Holds Barred. This was a good match. Good match. It, it felt like a feud and a story. Right worthy of being on wrestlemania right like it felt like right. if they did this for 20 minutes on wrestlemania you go damn that was a nice end to that feud man like yeah good shit drew like this this feels right nope like <laughs> nope. nope instead it's him no, Lashley. you projected the finish because there's no way that sheamus is going to beat drew nope. three weeks ahead of wrestlemania there's no way the other issue I have with this feud is, boy, they played this, their friends thing. Dog, they've been friends for on TV for like six weeks. Y'all really acting like 20 years of friendship. We didn't see it. They could have done this. I mean, I, I really feel like that they thought about having this feud for WrestleMania, and then they pivoted to, to putting the title on Lashley so Drew can probably have his moment, which I'm not sure is even going to happen anymore. It feels like it. I don't know. I don't know. But either. now we just had this match, and we're just like, all right, well, I guess that's that. Without well, that feud, 
Because that feud should have ended at Elimination Chamber without an Elimination Chamber match. That thing shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't happen. No, and then, um, yeah, it's weird because I guess Drew didn't, quote unquote, have his moment last year. There was no fans. So, (laughs) yeah him beating Lashley would be his moment in front of fans. Like his, oh, okay, thanks for holding it down. Here you go. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of <laughs> feel now we're like all Lashley there. has to win that. <laughs> yeah, we're all sitting there going, wait a minute, wait a minute. We kind of like this Lashley with the title thing. Yeah. We don't really want Drew to win anymore. And they're going to have fans there too. I don't know what this is going to be like. Yo, we don't know. Because this is the first time in a year fans will react to the product. Yeah. This, they could revolt. Yeah, there's there's no fake cheers. There's no, this is awesome, pumped in. Um, Wow, I didn't even think about that. We're going to get genuine reactions again. Wow, it's, it's going to be wild. Um, Then we have, oh, match of the night. Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. Lord Jesus. Uh, hot charbroiled fiend showed up. Kane showed up. <laughs> this was the Kane that got burnt up by the Undertaker. Dog, this motherfucker got burnt up in December. He just decided, I ain't going to change clothes. I'm going to pull up in March. Yeah. And and I get it with this whole creepy character, but I need you to stop defending the Fiend in terms of how they book everything with this. this I'm in the thick of things, sir. And then, I mean, we, I'm knee deep. No, I can't go yeah. back out. It's and then what happened on Raw? Come on, man. Come on. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, t- tell me you want to. Tell me you want to see this match. Tell me. No. Yeah, exactly. Don't stop. You don't want to see this shit. Come on. Just be what real. I was about to say. I was about to say. Hold on. I got a question. What are they going to do a cinematic match, even though it's live? Dog, that's the next. That's the next thing I was going to say. Or are they How going to do- try to put this into the ring? Like, if you are two nights at WrestleMania and you're asking people to come back, like they buy tickets, they got to come back another night. And one of these nights, you're going to have a match where people get to sit on their thumbs and avoid COVID while watching it on a big screen far, far away. Is that what we're doing? Because if you have a straight up match, we've done this before and it fucking sucked. You have to do a cinematic match, but you're gonna really ask fans to just sit there and, and watch this shit. This this uh, everything about this is bad. It stinks. It <laughs> this is because let's be honest, you have you can't do a house of horror match. We did the worms already. Yeah, that's it's, the thing. Like you you can't go back to that. So it has to kind of be. <sighs> I don't know. You're playing off the history. It has to be like the Fiends match last year, right? Like the wet, right? Wyatt Cena match where you go through history and show how he wronged him for so long. You, you know, think, I don't, you, I don't know. You kind of hit on a note here. Orton and Bray had that feud that culminated at WrestleMania. Yep. They had, have they even acknowledged that feud in no. the last six months that they've had their feud? What no, the fuck? but that's what it was supposed to be built off of. Right. Like, we're going to WrestleMania again because the last time we went to WrestleMania, you did me wrong. You beat me. You took the title. This is another This is another step in the payback narrative of The Fiend. Yeah, none of that's happening. Hurting people to heal Bray Wyatt, right? The hurt heal thing. 
So I have to hurt Randy Orton because of what you did, did to Bray. It just has, it's been lost. It, no, it was it going that happen. way. Like, and Alexa Bliss started getting into the character and they just said, fuck it. This is Bliss centric. I'll tell you what happened. Vince forgot he booked Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton a few years ago. It was like, I got a new feud for you. <laughs> and, yo, and who's going to tell Vince no? And then, like, like, you know, Bruce Pritchard and the rest of us like, Tom, Vince, we've done this. No, we haven't. And then, like, new feud, and we're going to run into the dirt into WrestleMania. Good shit. And now here we are at WrestleMania having a match. So we just, we just had this shit like three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Without man. them mentioning that and we this, had it three years ago. Yo, tell okay, one one note about this match. One, just one. Randy Orton's approaching Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss throws a fucking fireball at Randy Orton. Quick fast. What does Randy Orton do? He blocks the fireball yeah. with his arms. You can't block a fireball. This isn't motherfucking Street Fighter. Yeah, you just press the you press the back button. Everyone knows that. If they Come throw on, a Hadouken man. at you, you press the back button, you block it. Yeah, I, I throw a Hadouken too. Like maybe you should have thrown a fireball back and we should have just had a fireball battle in the middle of the ring. This Fire so, fight. That would have been funny. I need to understand the, the, the puke in the black. Like all of this is bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. And then Alexa Bliss's new music is bad too because I don't know what the fuck is going on. To try to remix the Firefly Funhouse theme song. And it just it, got it carried away. Yeah. Like they was like, "Hey, eight year old, remix this song." And the eight year old was like, "Hey, yeah. kid, you're getting carried away." And he was like, "It's the work now, for Bray. And... It doesn't work for her. <laughs> it doesn't work." It's no. Um, and then, by the way, the Fiend has to win at WrestleMania. We'll talk about that on WrestleMania preview show. But I accept nothing, nothing else. If Randy wins, then I boycott. Um, no, you're not. You'll be back next week talking about <laughs> uh, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan main event. Hey man, it's a good match. Roman Reigns is kind of good at this wrestling thing. I don't know what Edge was enforcing, right? Mm. Like he just kind of stood there for a long ass time with his arms folded. Yeah, why not have a special guest ref, not an enforcer? And then the ref takes a mean bump because (laughs) the 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 referee doesn't just get knocked out; he's murdered because he never comes back. He never wakes up. We never see him again. Like Daniel Bryan. Like did the the knee plus into oblivion. Yeah, roof to rivet. <laughs> like then, the ref, both feet were off the ground. Like it, he sold that shit. <laughs> Fucking murdered him. And then, like you know, fast forward, you know, the chair shot. Daniel Bryan hits Edge, and Edge cost Daniel Bryan the title match with the chair shot, which makes me go, "All right, they for some reason they didn't believe in Edge versus uh, Roman Reigns." And three weeks before WrestleMania, we're putting Daniel Bryan in this match. Yeah. Because that seems like it was going to happen because now he's on the art. He's on the WrestleMania art. If he's not in the match, this is crazy. Yeah. My problem with this is there's three weeks and Daniel Bryan hasn't won shit in the last few months. He's been losing. No, he won the Elimination Chamber. So they have been building to this for a month and a half. He won the Elimination Chamber, outlasted everyone and then didn't get a fair shake against Roman. So it was it was built okay if it didn't coincide with the Edge feud. Exactly. Edge is That's the odd problem. man out, not, not Daniel Bryan. They've actually built that well for him 
where he should beat or challenge Roman Reigns, right? Like they built that very well. Well, Edge makes no sense in this program. But here's my issue. Okay, Daniel Bryan won the elimination table. Now, remember, he lost to Cesaro. He lost to Rollins, I believe. I can't remember. He lost somebody yeah. else on the way there. Knock. While Kevin Owens was feuding with Roman Reigns. Yes, lost to Knock. Yeah. So he's only really won one match, which was the Elimination Chamber. Yes. He I'm not saying sense. that this is wrong. Yeah, I'm not saying this is wrong. What I'm saying is Edge won the Royal Rumble. And the feud you needed to start after the Royal Rumble was Edge versus Roman. Instead, you stuck Daniel Bryan into this feud had very little edge interaction with anybody until he started playing heel off of Daniel Bryan, which felt weird. Because why are you mad at Daniel Bryan? Because then you'll just be facing Daniel Bryan instead of Roman Reigns. Who gives a shit? Yeah. You still got your title chance. But my bigger issue here is they told him, I'm not saying the Daniel Bryan story is bad in Roman, because now they had Roman tap out. Now that's your story. But you know what the better story was that they, did, they pulled the trigger on too soon? The Kevin Owens story. Yeah. The Kevin Owens Roman Reigns story was incredible and they worked the shit out of it. But it feels like everything to this point was it was like, all right, Edge, you're back. Ah, you'll win the Royal Rumble and you're gonna challenge Roman Reigns. And I don't know where it changed. I don't know what happened. They said, I guess this is what I think happened. They said, Well, Roman can't lose. You're right, Roman can't lose. Well, Edge can't lose either, can he? Yep. He could, but should he come back? Well, who can lose? Daniel fucking Bryan. Daniel Bryan can and lose. You know how much that, and do you know how much that bothers me to think that Daniel Bryan's getting shoved in this match to lose? Mm. Yeah, it's weird. He's going to make a very good match, but he's been okay with losing. He understands where the hell he's at, you know? So Well, he knows where he's at. What I'm saying as a fan, you're like watching this shit and you're like, you guys don't have the balls to pick a winner between Edge and Roman Reigns. So you're going to stick good old Daniel Bryan in there to lose? That's yeah. kind of fucked up. That's what he's there for. It... I think Edge gets his moment. And I'm calling it already. Granted, we have three weeks. We're going to do a preview show. I think Edge pins Daniel Bryan. I, I, and I think That's him I and Roman like run it back at Fastlane. Or no, excuse me, at uh, not Fastlane. What the fuck is the Vengeance pay-per-view? Backlash. 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 And him and Roman, and Roman will chase him. You never beat me, blah, blah, blah. I, I think they continue that feud after this. But I, I think Edge, last night of WrestleMania, pins Daniel Bryan, and you get the Edge moment as champion. How and cheap you, is that, though? You That's don't, very cheap. I, I think in front of fans, I'm not sure if the fans are going to give a fuck. And, and Roman stays strong. Because who's gonna, who's the baby face in this match? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, yeah. He's, he's the out-and-out babyface. Yep. Edge is now playing middle-of-the-road closer to heel because he tapped Daniel Bryan, who Daniel Bryan does, never does anything to anybody. And by the so way, Edge, Edge is a way pins, better heel. But no one's going to boo him right heel. now. Yeah, Right. He's always been a better heel. Yep. But if Edge pins Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, how do you logically make me think that Edge is now the babyface in a Roman Reigns feud? Because in order to make this entire thing work, Edge is going to have to play heel for the next three weeks with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Because he can't, you, Daniel Bryan is the white meat babyface. So I'm not mad at the match in a vacuum, but how we got here is stupid. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, and then, like, it's worse knowing there's no logical way after it. Yeah. How we got yeah, here is stupid, but there's no way to explain it after the match. And they feel like in order to keep Roman Reigns fresh, they're going to have to take the title off him for a heartbeat. That's what they're doing. But they're yeah. saying we can't let 
Roman get pinned. Yo, just pin Edge, dog. Just pin Edge. Just pin him. But they, I guess the other thing is, I guess in front of a live crowd, I guess they tricked themselves into believing that the babyface has to go over in front of a live crowd. But that's not what you're doing if Edge pins Daniel Bryan. Yeah. No, so I, agree. I, I don't I don't think they're 100% committed on a winner to this match. I think they put Daniel Bryan in there as a safety valve, that if they can't figure out something, Daniel's going to lose this match to one of them. But they're, they're, I think there could be a moment in time where – Vince just goes, ah, fuck it, let Daniel Bryan win. It could happen. I doubt it, but I think they have no idea what they're doing. I think no. they've had no idea what they're doing for like the past four months. Yeah. Even Listen, if Daniel Bryan wins and for some reason they they both chase DB, or maybe it's Daniel Bryan and Edge at Backlash and Roman just waits to see who the winner is, that could be a good way to play it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's very weird to see where they go after it. Um, by the way, talking about caring, you mentioned his name, Kevin Owens. I was like, oh, they don't have anything for Kevin Owens. Oh, I saw you were like, oh, they're just throwing him with Sami Zayn. They're not building this correctly. All this stuff. I was like, yeah, fuck, they are. These guys got me to care two weeks. And they got two more weeks to make me care even more. That halluva kick that caught Kevin Owens during commentary was stiff. I love it. These guys are magic. I don't care. I care already. Two weeks. Yeah, I don't care. Um, I, I care in two weeks. I don't care. I, like it's gonna be such a good match. These guys are incredible. It took two weeks. Here, here, here's the problem. Yeah, had all that history that you could build off of. You could have built this a lot longer. Do you really think they're gonna give these two a lot of time at WrestleMania? That's I doubt it. That hurts, right? Yeah. So I, it being two nights gives me faith. If it was that one night, no, I don't want to. Because, dude, if you give Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn time on a feud that was just built in, like, a week, what does that mean for the rest of the car? Yeah, give him a curtain jerker. 15 minutes. Open I, it up. Hot. I, I just don't. John, you still got, you got, you got Apollo and Biggie. You got, oof, the women's matches. Mm-hmm. Somehow the women's tag titles are going to be in here. Because for Pretty whatever sure. reason, Natalia has formed a tag team with Tamina. Like, Natalia is the most jumping around motherfucker I've ever seen. Scene. like every three months she gets a like this unnatural push with like some random woman yeah and now it's to me um no it'll be a pre-show triple threat because they have challengers on both shot on both sides oh, God, um tamina they could, they natty and then um on the other side it is lana you know what they could have stuck with seriously what nxt shotsy number yeah, because yeah. Shotzi and Ember, what the fuck are they doing with the women's tag titles? They're already running back rematches. What is, what's going on here? Well, that's Built their women's tag division. Yeah, that's their NXT match. I mean, it's the most sensical one, I guess, because they it's a natural team. No, the, but, the most sense the most sensible match is a rematch with Nia and Shayna, and they could have invaded each other's shows, attacking each other to get there. Yeah, yeah, definitely the tag titles. Yeah. Not adding another title to NXT, which is going to get lost. Like, you know it. We both know it. That NXT women's tag title, it'll be disappeared from television in about three weeks. It'll be over. We won't be talking yeah. about it anymore. Yeah. Or they will force it and shoehorn it in, but it'll feel unnatural the entire time. Yeah. Uh, but the women's division down there just got so big for its britches that I think they just wanted to keep all of them on TV. And they're like, how the fuck are we going to do this? 
So one one note because I, I know we got to get through NXT and we can briefly talk about AEW. You still got boxing shit to talk about. Yeah. Um, Oscar shows up on Raw, wrestles Peyton Royce with an atrocious match. Yep. I was so mad that Peyton Royce got all that time with Oscar. That's a way to make Oscar look like a badass, right? Yep. Against somebody she would have nerfed in NXT, and I know we're not in NXT anymore, but Peyton Royce has done nothing on the main roster. You give her all this time with Asuka, and it's a bad match, and then after all that shit, Rhea Ripley comes out, who's done nothing. Her last outing, she lost. She <laughs> comes up, and she goes, I challenge you, Asuka, and Asuka gets goofy and says, nobody ready for Asuka, and I'm like, yo. Are we really at the point where anything to get this title off Oscar? Because Charlotte has COVID and she can't, she won't be ready for WrestleMania. And if she is ready, just throw her in the match the day before. Yep. But otherwise, they're doing everything they can to get the title off Oscar. Damn, man, I say it every week. I'm gonna say it again. Stop doing Oscar dirty, man. She's the most disrespectful champion on this roster. It's unbelievable. Peyton Royce, Peyton Royce. Are you serious? Yeah, Oscar's losing. It is what it is. She's losing the belt. To whoever. So Rhea either is going to be champion immediately or, like you said, Charlotte will come back. And I would love for Rhea to pin Charlotte to win the belt as, you know, a continuation of last year's story. Um, where Rhea lost the NXT championship to Charlotte. But yeah, that'd be if smart. it's a triple threat, Asuka's taking a pin. So, which is dumb. Which is dumb. Because Charlotte and uh, and Rhea have the beef. They have the history. And it's not like it just played out in NXT. She won it at Mania. So exactly. it would be great revenge for Rhea to make her a star. Asuka would still say, listen, you didn't beat me. She can have a gripe to stay in the picture, kind of. But it'd be Rhea versus Charlotte probably again at Backlash. So you'd continue that. Well, you know what will happen. As soon as you get the title off Asuka, she's about to disappear for a while. Yeah, yeah. They don't believe in her. Ah, uh, they they don't. They believe in her enough where she is a easy placeholder. Uh, they, no, they don't seriously think about it. They don't think consider her in the echelon of the four horsewomen, but she is right outside that bubble. Her Alexis, they they're the safety nets if the horsewomen cannot carry something for a period of time. Well, think about it though, Oscar. Before she got the title from Becky, which she hasn't done really anything with, with it since, Asuka was putting in a tag team Akari saying as Kabuki Warriors with Paige as their mouthpiece, which was fucking dreadful. But what did Asuka do? She was amazing in that role. Yep. And forced her way back into the picture. Then she got it. And then it seems like Vince looks at her again and was just like, eh. Never gave an important feud. Becky was gone. Charlotte was gone. Sasha and Bailey were on the other show. And they never gave her anything meaningful. As soon as it, and you know, Vince is looking at Rhea Ripley like, mm, I love this. So as oh, yeah. soon as Asuka loses this title, it is over again until she shows them again, like, yo, I'm just really good. I'm going to force my way back into it. They yeah. don't believe in her. They don't. It's frustrating. They don't believe in her. They don't believe in what we know she is, but she's definitely above some other talent. Like, they're not going to just forget her. But like, she'll be in something. That's the best thing I can say about it. Like, she'll probably be super cooled off and then maybe get drafted to SmackDown and then get into some shit over there. So um, what else do we have? Oh, shit, some more wrestling. NXT, quick recap of this week. We're getting the feuds coming together in NXT. Unfortunately, 
or fortunately, there was an injury to a tag team champion, Birch. They had to drop the belts. Now we're getting a three-way match at TakeOver. I like that. I think that's cool. MSK is in that. Grizzle Young Veterans and Legado del Fantasma. That's going to be one hell of a match. Yeah, I just... Kind of. Lorcan and Birch yeah. should never really have the titles, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this is best-case scenario now. Yeah, this will be a good match. We know it's going to be good. But yeah, it's, it's good. Lorcan and Birch, like... Okay. Yep. Um, Finn and Cross. Cross is doing his thing. Nerf someone else. Uh, only Lorcan. Yeah, only Lorcan, who needed revenge because uh, Birch got injured in the tag match. So it made sense, kind of. Got nerfed, though. So that's cool. Um, and then, yeah, they're headed. I just need to see more interaction between them. Um, the main event feud feels like it's Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. It's weird because I your championship feud should have that same type of heat. It doesn't. It doesn't. No. Two weeks to get that they, heat. Not, it's not going to compare, right? No. No. The and you know again it was it came off of you know Karrion Cross <laughs> feuding with Santos Escobar and Legado de Fantasma for like no reason, and then he tags with Balor, and then. He hits Balor afterward, but he interviewed, I mean, interviews, uh, injures Kayfabe, uh, Danny Burch. Now he's feuding, he has a match with Only Lorcan, which is like a waste of time. Because what is that? It doesn't make him look like a badass. Even though he nerfed him, but it was just like, why are we doing this? That was like, <laughs> Only Lorcan was a heel. What are we doing? Yeah. Then, and then, you know, Balor comes out and he's like, yeah. And, you know, Balor's. Balor's Balor, and he's been undefeated. But even the promo, I was just kind of watching it. And I was just like, "Yeah, it's, it's, this ain't it." They it's just right. it feels yeah. like what they do with Keith Lee and Adam Cole. It's like it's just the match. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have any heat. And the bad thing about <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole is it's not headlining either night. What they're night is that going to be on? They ha- they haven't said. I'm going to assume it's going to be night two because they seem like they've packed night one already with the headliner being Il Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez, which doesn't feel like it has the juice to be a headliner. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Ah, that's tough. It seems like night one isn't like a clean split, right? It's not mania where you have two headliners. Like night one kind of seems like, okay, this is a nice like teaser night. And the real takeover is on Thursday on Peacock. You know, but both of them are aren't both of them going to be on Peacock? No, uh-uh. This one's on USA Wednesday. It's so the TV my, time slot. This is why this, Takeover should have just been one night. Splitting it into two is just a bad idea. They could have did their prime Target show on for, on Wednesday on NXT, and I'd have been totally fine with it. And I'd be like, oh yeah, make me invested in these shoes so I can watch it. Now we got night one. We have this six man gauntlet match to figure out who Johnny Gargano faces on night two. Yep. feels incredibly unnecessary. And just as a side note, Bronson Reed pinning LA Knight in his like first match with him. I was like, damn, did they give up on LA Knight already? But, but, I mean, uh, no, a lot of people lose when they first get there. Keith Lee lost Do for they? like ever. Yeah, Keith Lee lost for a long no, no, time. No, 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 no. LA Knight was booked as the hottest free agent. Yeah, no, and- you can't lose to Bronson Reed. 
Like, no, he just lost to Bronson. It's so weird. And then, like, you look at the card, right? Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar in a ladder match. It's going to be incredible. Oh, great. But, dog, they really just... I don't want TakeOver to feel like WrestleMania. It doesn't need to be that long. Because you don't really have that many feuds that I feel like have to be at TakeOver. You got a good five or six of them. Yeah. Because even Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa, like, I'm watching it and I'm like, I really don't care. I want to see Walter wrestle because I like Walter. But Ciampa? For the NXT UK title? Make it make sense. I mean... I don't mind it because it started with them Imperium uh, recruiting uh, Thatcher because obviously people who watch on the indies, Thatcher was in Imperium. Sure. So Ciampa telling him he got to make a choice. The thing is Thatcher is off TV. So I'm assuming Thatcher will come and kind of cost Ciampa and then that'll be the reveal that he joins Imperium. I mean, but that makes it even worse in my mind because Walter should just go over on people clean because we haven't seen him for a while. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not bothered with the match so much as I just don't understand why we're doing it. Like having Walter just absolutely obliterate Drake Maverick. I was like, why did we just do this on television? It was so weird, and it was so weird. And it sounds like I'm shitting on everything, but I think Takeover is still going to be really good. Like Jordan Devlin beating Kushida, and it made me think. I was like, oh yeah, they just fucking like Kushida was in the NXT North American Title match, and it was just like, okay, they're just kind of done with him after that. It's, and I can't, like, they had Devlin play kind of babyface because Santos Escobar is clearly the heel in this, but he's not. He's more heel. It feels like they have, like, some character issues that they're doing right now that they got to work themselves through. And now they're doing, they're, like, they're forcing a two-night takeover rather than saying, oh, we have enough feuds to make this happen. Now we're just trying to fill the card up with matches. Yeah. I don't like that. So the Battle Royal participants, Bronson Reed, Dexter Loomis, Kushida, Leon Ruff, Cameron Grimes, Austin Theory, Roderick Strong, L.A. Knight, Swerve, Pete Dunn, Jake Atlas, and Tyler Rust. Who wins? This is easy, right? There's two, only two people can win this match. Uh, I don't want Dexter Loomis to win this match and keep that narrative, right? I, I do not want that to happen. But that's the only two. There's, you said Dexter Loomis. Fuck. And the only other person who can win this match is Austin Theory. God. I, Austin Theory gives me a good match. Yeah, but that's the only two. Like, there's no way in hell we're doing Pete Dunn versus Johnny Gargano. Even though it's an incredible match, there's nothing there. Yeah. No, I agree. That's, no, nah, it has to be something where, like, Dexter Loomis doesn't care about the title and him and Austin Theory actually have a bromance and he lets Austin Theory win. I mean, I'm not thinking about it that far. I'm just saying there's only two people that can win this match. And the I would like Cameron Grimes, Grimes to win, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's not because there's nothing there. Yeah. And instead of using like time to build another feud, it's like you're forcing a match on night one that we don't really need to see. It's a gauntlet match. I'm sure it'll be pretty good, I guess. I don't know. But then we're getting a match with Gargano, and there's only two outcomes that make sense because it's take, TakeOver during WrestleMania week, so it has to be a feud. It can't be a random-ass match. It can't be. There has oh. to be story behind it. Why are we doing this? It's unnecessary. Yeah. Wow. So we have those. Those are pretty much the feuds from night one. Night two so far. Um, you mentioned the ladder match, which should be cool. Gar Gargano versus the winner of the gauntlet match. Uh, 
Oh, and then last one, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole. I mean, I like the build. It seems like that's going to be on night two. They have it down as an unsanctioned match. Kind of weird, right? I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that right now. I, they're, you know, they're arrested. There's blood feud. I get it. I, I mean, I get it, but like unsanctioned. Like, I just, I want them to have a really good rest match and yeah. feel like it's a blood feud. I don't want to have that match that Velveteen Dream had with Adam Cole in, in the no. parking lot. No. I don't want that. I want them to have a match. So hopefully they just have a really great match. Yeah, that just spills out into the crowd and, you know, goes all over and they're beating the hell out of each other. I, I'm okay if it's like the gargano Champa unsanctioned match, which still kind of felt like a wrestling match. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. He it's, took it's up the mat and then, it, you know, it was the boards and shit. Like, it felt like a good match still. So, also um, be clear, there will be nobody going into the crowd during COVID. True, true. I mean, to the back. That <laughs> spills into the back. Let's not go into the, the crowd at all. And then, uh, yeah, other thing, last thing, AW Dynamite. Thought it was a good show. Um, yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, this was a really yeah. good show this week. And Kenny Omega, asshole Kenny Omega. Man, I'm, I'm loving it. I don't know why people, there's people that just really hate Kenny Omega, but I'm like, yo, he's been doing some of his best work as a complete dickhead. Really? And, and, yeah. Who, you who see hates him? He, the WWE marks hate him. Um, but he, he's, he's a different dickhead than Roman Reigns because he's still the best wrestler in the world, but he's so obnoxious. <laughs> and it's like with Don Callis, who's incredible, by the way, this, all this works for me because the thing is about Kenny Omega is he still like has to cheat to get over but the motherfucker can still wrestle. So every time you see him, he's doing some, some good shit. Like the Matt Seidel match, I was like, this is actually a good match, but he's still a dick. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, listen, I can't agree more. It's really good. I, I liked him coming out and getting beat up. The Bucks kind of gave him like a turn as well. It seems like them, the Good Brothers and Moxley, um, are kind of getting into like a, a rivalry, a three-way tag team rivalry. Which is very interesting. Yeah, with Eddie, Moxie and Eddie, which is cool. Like that opens up a lot of stuff. Uh, I didn't watch Impact, but Kenny Omega mentioned his, uh, you know, former tag team partner, Ibushi. <laughs> yeah. The, people were losing their fucking minds. So who knows who shows up um, in the coming weeks or months. It's interesting. They, they caught my attention. MJF promo was really good. Again, that man is like, I, you know, the pinnacle at first, I was like, I don't know, Sean Spears, whatever. But MJF is just, he's really good at cutting these promos and, you know, just disinterest Chris Jericho. But then the big thing to me, and I was so glad it happened, FTR called out LAX. We're going to get it. It's, they better fuck not fuck this up. This is the match. FTR versus LAX. Don't blow it oh real quick because you mentioned kenny uh kotobushi will osprey beat shingo at new japan cut cup he's getting the title match the week before wrestlemania against abushi and i'm like yeah this is great and then will osprey proceeds to <laughs> commit domestic violence on bia priest <laughs> for absolutely no fucking reason this was wwe booking i hated this that Why was bad that was bad. Um, it makes no sense. 
Oh, I, I, I was because I didn't know what was like I watched it and you know you sometimes they have them long ass speeches and I'm like at the end of New Japan I'm like I'm just gonna turn this shit off because I didn't think there was gonna be an angle but I remember Kota Ibushi was ringside I was like Osprey I want to hear him cut his promo because he's a heel him and Shingo had a great match you should probably go out of your way to watch it they don't fuck up but out of nowhere like he talks about how bad he wants the title and he just gives Bia Priestley a cutter and I'm like what the fuck is this? This was the Gato is a great booker. This was bad. This this was up there with Evil winning the title bad. Yeah, it was unnecessary. It's not as bad as Evil winning. So the title, unne- but it's so, unnecessary. But it was so unnecessary. Read the room. It's not good in the climate. It doesn't work right now. It's unnecessary. It's not a good way to give him heat. Yeah, bad. Not all bad. Um, yeah. but that being said, the match was great. It's fantastic. Match is incredible. Uh, I love Shingo. Shingo's incredible. Yes, that's on the list of matches of the year so far. Like, I, I really, really like that match. So let's, hey, shit, long show. Six years, baby. Six year anniversary. We're going to hit the break, come back, finish it up with boxing and UFC. Thank you guys for sticking it out with us. This is a fun one. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We are back. Time to round this out with UFC and boxing. We're going to start with the sweet science. One, we had Virgil Ortiz this past weekend, Dre, putting on a show. I thought he was tested a little bit early, but man, that kid is just huge for 147. He's so strong. And now it's, I'm looking at him and I don't know where he goes because none of the top champions are, are fighting this kid. No, I mean, as, you know, Mo Hooker, good fighter. He, he, he couldn't do anything. He, nothing at all. The nothing. hand broke, but his face would have broke shortly after. He, he had no chance. Mm-hmm. But like, like I said, he'd be under seven. And it's just, he's just, he's tough. And he only knows one way to go when he gets hit is to fight back. And you can't do that with Virgil Ortiz. So, yeah, Virgil's in this interesting spot because – you know, he called out Terrence Crawford and, you know, Terrence, you know, they're all like, ah, he shouldn't fight him. But in a way, it's kind of like, well, who the fuck is Terrence Crawford going to fight? Seriously. He really only has Sean. Like, Sean is his only option. Like, Sean feels like everybody's option right now. No, Spence has his option. Spence Ugas is is the fight. So, Sean mm-hmm. is now, what are you doing? I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if it ain't, if Terrence Crawford can't be out here just talking about, like, oh, I'm going to fight... No, because you said you don't want to fight Errol anymore. So there's Sean Porter, and then there's Virgil Ortiz. Danny Garcia is talking about moving to 54, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And 
Who's left? Um, man, for Terrence, no one. So it's hard to get fresh matchups. He's running out of opponents. You're going to have to start entertaining these young kids. But they're talking about giving him, like, you know, mean machine, maybe, you know, trying to chase Terrence by beating up the guys Terrence beat up. Um, I mean, you could try to go against like a guy like Thurman. Oh, I almost forgot, forgot about Keith. Thur- yeah. I mean, Bud could give Thurman the title shot. He could, but it, he seems like they, it seems like there's zero interest from Terrence Crawford to fight anybody in PBC. Yeah, which is weird. Um, but Sean, now you got to cross the street. Every other option has been extinguished. So. Yeah. You, you got to do it, and either it's Thurman or Porter because they have a name, and you can say, okay, cool, you're getting at least names, worthy names, on your resume at 147. The resume is good in other divisions. At 147, he needs he needs that step up in competition. And then, um, man, just looking at that, then you couple that with the statements Crawford made on Sirius, Talking to what Akin Barack or whatever, yeah, yeah, where he says Canelo Alvarez is ducking black fighters. This is so dumb. Like Terrence Crawford is not the one to be talking about resumes at all. Chill. Like he's not ducking black. He's fought champions. If anything, he's fought. He's ducked one black champion, and that's Charlo. And he didn't duck him. He naturally moved up in weight. Yeah, he's not more, ducking anyone. More importantly. Charlo was allegedly the one to turn down that fight. So when Terrence talks about this shit, it's like Canelo, I I, I don't know if you know, but Daniel Jacobs is black. Right? The last time I checked. So he fought him like, Terrence, who have you fought? And I love Terrence Crawford, but pot, meat, kettle, and you're calling, it's like, come on, man, you can't talk about Canelo's resume. He hasn't fought, he's scared of black fighters. He fought Arasandi Lara, who's Cuban, but nobody wanted to fight Arasandi Lara. Nobody. He moved up and fought Kovalev. He fought Cal Smith, who everybody's acting like is a bum now, but he was the champ. He's trying to be the undisputed 168-pound champion. It's not his fault that there aren't any black 168-pound champions at the moment. Jacobs was a black Charles, champion. He fought him. Pretty easy. And he beat him. And he beat him. And Charlo is not, like, when we talk, like, Charlo's resume is paper thin. So it's like, and he's not a 68 pounder, he's a 60 pounder. So yeah, like Terrence got to chill out because I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Like Canelo has a great resume. You do not. Yeah. And whether it's top ranks fault, it doesn't matter. Like just go, don't worry about Canelo. Canelo's the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. You could be if you fought Errol Spence. Yep. But has great accolades, doesn't have a great resume. And that is the difference. Yep. Canelo has great everything. Yeah. The man fought Floyd Mayweather. Done. He, you can't say the man ducks black champions. He fought the black champion of this generation. Yeah, man, discussion. If, there just, if there were a bunch of black fighters that I missed out on, somebody's going to have to let me know because I don't see them. He fought Mayweather. You can't say he's scared of Charlo. He fought Mayweather. He Get fought Mayweather. He fought Austin Trout after Trout beat Cotto. Beat he Shane. Fought, yeah, he beat Shane even though Shane was washed up. But in these weight classes, it's 68, Benavides, Plant, Smith, him, and Saunders. Ain't no black champions there. 
Charlo just moved up to 60 and Canelo was gone. And when that fight was offered, allegedly, Charlo turned it down. Who else is there? Then people say Demetrius Andre. And I love Boo Boo. But Boo Boo ain't drawing flies to shit right now. He just hasn't been, you know, do we want to see the fight? Sure, but there's no payoff in that fight. No, there's no incentive for Canelo to take that fight. No. So is he ducking Boo Boo? I don't know. I've never, I haven't seen Canelo say, I don't want to fight him. The only person was Triple G and he just doesn't like the motherfucker. <laughs> like that's, that's all there is to it, but it has nothing to do with, like, come on, bud, chill out. Anyway. Yeah. And then the fight for this weekend, uh, Dillian White, Povetkin 2. First one was a barn burner. Yep. This one, I don't know. Dillian White dropped Povetkin so many times that Povetkin landed the perfect uppercut, knocked him out. But Povetkin's listed at like 41 years old. The man's like 60. Yeah. So Dillian White's going to win this. I don't think I need to see him as WBC number one contender. Like for what? Well, look, I'm picking Dillian White as well. I think Dillian White just made a big critical error and got knocked out. But if, if Dillian White does win, he's a WBC interim title holder who would they they would say, oh, he gets a shot at Joshua Fury. But Joshua Fury locked into two fights, which means there are plenty of options if you go with the winner of Ariel and Ruiz, who we all think will be Andy Ruiz. I wouldn't mind Dillian White versus Andy Ruiz for the interim title. Or be dope. You Give go me. with Dillian White versus Deontay Wilder. That's what I would want to see. Give I me the bronze it. bomber. I wouldn't mind it. Just somebody needs to convince Deontay he needs to fight because he doesn't act like he doesn't need to. Uh, his his uh, wife, girlfriend, whatever, she's on social media more than he is these days. But Deontay needs to fight, and Dillian White is a perfect fight. So whoever wins this fight should fight either Ruiz or Deontay, or fuck it, and then Deontay just fights Ruiz. I'm here for that too. Yep, I agree. So I I don't think either of them should just be mandatory no. for fear. Not like. I think this is a good fight. I think he wins. And then, yeah, there's one more fight before we start pushing him mandatory on any of the titles. You know, or, or let's, let's make it fun, right? Let's piss everybody off. Alexander Usyk stepping aside for this fight. Fuck it. Why don't you just become the interim title holder and the number one contender in both the WBO and the WBC? Fight Dillian White. I'm fine Not with that, at that either. Not there's bad options. At that either. Uh, there's options. But none of them should get in the way of the Fury Joshua fight or the rematch. Yep, agreed. Uh, now it's time to switch gears over to MMA. We have a pay-per-view this weekend, UFC 260. It's going to be a fun one. Um, again, the card is okay. Not as deep as we've seen lately, especially on like the prelims and everything. I mean, it lost Volkanovski, man, and Ortega. That hurts because of the Rona. And they, they're Vol- going to do a full house in Florida? All right. <laughs> I forgot this is a full house show. Not, no, this one's at the Apex. Oh, okay. The next pay-per-view is Full House in Florida with uh, Usman Masvidal. Full House, not even social distancing. Full House. I mean, it's Masvidal. You know, he doesn't give a fuck about the Rona. I'm just saying, believe fans, about it. you know how many people, man, all right. If we have an outbreak, we know where it came from. Protect Usman at all costs. If we have an outbreak currently, it came from Miami and people twerking and whooping ass on the streets of Miami for spring break. Those That's videos so were crazy. Yeah, indeed. Um, Florida, Florida's on a whole other level, sir. I'm not going nowhere near Florida with a 10 foot pole. I, I damn near might have to go to Georgia for the Jake Paul, Logan Paul fight, yeah. which we didn't touch on. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, 
and the musical stuff. And it, it's just such a big fight. So I get vaccinated on the 13th. That fight is on the 17th. Have fun. I ain't going nowhere. I know you ain't going. I'm still mask up. I'm just, listen, I ain't, I ain't chances shit. There's variants out here, but I might, I might be in attendance for that fight. So we shall see. Um, UFC wise though, main card again, takes a hit, but still some pretty good fights on here. Um, we have, I'm trying to figure out where to start. Uh, we can start with Sean O'Malley and Thomas Almeida. Yeah, but I mean, Malarkey versus Kama Worthy. Kama, Kama probably get the knockout. Yeah, so there, there we talked about it. Easy. Miranda Maverick, Jillian Robinson, no clue. I'm giving me Maverick just because. All right, Sean O'Malley, Thomas Almeida. I think Sean O'Malley wins. Because Thomas Almeida is on the weirdest skid, and we, I think I mentioned this last week, I've ever seen. Four straight losses after being a whisper away from the title. Yep, he fell hard. Really hard. hard. Cody Garbrandt short-circuited something, and it hasn't been replugged in. It hasn't been plugged in again. It's horrible. I want Thomas Almeida to knock out Sean O'Malley. It's not going to happen. Maybe it will. But that's what I want to happen. Sean O'Malley's talking a lot. He's talking like he's still undefeated. He has a Takashi 6ix9ine poster behind him. He had that weird podcast show where they called, you know, talked about Megan Anderson and he was holding the fucking baby. It was fucking weird. Yeah, he doubled down on that, by the way. And I feel like O'Malley's just a douchebag in the waiting. And I feel like we need to neutralize the threat now. So I kind of hope Thomas Almeida just knocks him out. <laughs> it's, I feel like it's possible. Gonna be a problem. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I I'm seeing like oh, he's got star written all over him. I ain't gonna like this dude if he becomes a star. Yeah. So let's get him out of there. Thomas Almeida. I'm not mad at that. <laughs> That's a good reason to pick Thomas Almeida. And Thomas Almeida, let's get it. Let's be clear. He has the tools. Yeah, he just don't put that shit together. Yeah, maybe this time off and he's just able to recalculate and he comes back and he's the guy he was before. So this is not an easy fight by any means for Sean O'Malley. Um, and then we have Tyron Woodley, Vincente Luque. Tyron Windsor goes home. That's it. So this is your UFC career on the line. And this hurts. No, fuck it. I'm going to pick Tyron. I'm going to pick Tyron. I just can't do it. it listen, it's not, it's not with my brain. I'm telling you that much. I, I think, honestly, I think he's Bellator bound. Um, he, he could win and probably get cut. But... Give me Tyron to win in a stinker of a fight. My heart's doing it again. My heart went with Thomas Almeida, even though my brain says O'Malley. My heart's saying Tyron Woodley, even though I think that Vicente <laughs> Luque is going to beat that ass. I hope not. I hope my heart's right. <laughs> me too. Shit. But yeah, you're right, man. T. Wood loses. Welcome to Bellator. So, you know. And Bellator's yeah. on Showtime. He's, you know, he'd be in a prime spot. But, man, he, he hasn't been right. Since that Usman loss, he hasn't been close to right. He's gun shy. Completely. And I don't know how you get that back. He has the yips. Yep. It's, so, it's, ugh, I, don't, I, I don't know I don't how like you get it. that back. No. And then, uh, by the way, his cameo in that T.I. movie is ridiculous. Oh, he's so nuts say by a raccoon? That's yes, he's, he's not going to Hollywood. As much as I like <laughs> T. Wood. But nah, nah, fam. We're going to Bellator. Let's keep this train rolling. Um, main event, Stipe versus Francis Ngannou to see who challenges, and I, yes, I said it that way, challenges John Jones next. Um, the heavyweight championship. I've disrespected Stipe so much. Everybody has. Every time I pick against Stipe. 
I'm like, this is the time I learned. He already beat Francis. He wrestled him, showed that Francis had no answer for that. Um, Francis had like a total of three minutes octagon time since. So we don't know what the hell's going on. I'm disrespecting Steve A again. Francis Agano is going to knock him out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pick Steve A. And uh, look, there's 25 minutes in a fight. It takes one second to get knocked out by Ngannou. My issue is this, though. As much as Ngannou says he's gotten better, we haven't been able to see it because he's just been knocking people the fuck out. And two minutes and 46 seconds of cage time since the stinker against Derek Lewis, oh, yeah. nothing's really changed. All that's really happened is that Ngannou is just hitting people with the same punches. He's not throwing straight. He still throws wide as hell. And that's all the shit that Stipe got away from in the first fight. Then I watched them stare each other down today, and I keep thinking of Ngannou as this superhuman Hulk-type figure. He's not that much bigger. He's going to be heavier and more muscle-bound, but he's not that much taller. And when you're fighting in a smaller octagon, it leans towards the wrestler because he can close distance on you real quick. Oh, I don't think but that's, that's less space to circle away not, from Ngannou. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Stipe never circled away from Ngannou. He ducked into him and took him down. And then got oh, to yeah. stop him. So didn't let him get lanky. Didn't let him get enough space to land the knockout. Yeah, Crap. so now you got the smaller cage, and that's exactly what you can do. Yes, of course, Nganu can knock him out with one punch at any given moment. Nganu blew his load in the first round and was completely done. He got put on his back one time. By the time he got up, it was over for him. I just I haven't seen enough out of Nganu to make me say, well, this fight's gonna be so much different. If Miocic loses, it's going to be because of an error he made, not because Ngannou did anything different. So I'm going to pick Stipe because I think he's more of the cerebral assassin, but I, you know, Ngannou could end this night anywhere in the first, 10, first two seconds of the fight if Stipe yeah. does something stupid. If it goes past the second round, it's Stipe's fight. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So Francis got 10 minutes to win this. Yep. And then we'll see. We'll see if John is there. we see if we get like a, a stare down or something. I want to see how big John is. That's yeah. that's what I'm waiting for. I want to see John in the ring with all this added physique standing next to whoever wins the fight to see if he's like towering and imposing. He probably won't be if it's Ngannou. And I think it's fucked up because if Ngannou wins, then you got to have a question because it's like, what, do you just put John in there? You got to do the trilogy. Yeah, you would think. It'd be smart to run it back, but do you give John a fight against a different heavyweight? Like, you don't you give John the Black Beast. I mean... Gotta protect your investments. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so, UFC to UFC, and so it's like, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Man, this has been a fun show. Six years deep. I feel like uh, we should have had some type of shock or something. I we weren't prepared for this. But I will say, don't worry. We'll take a shot after the show goes off the air when we run and we get this. Um, next time I see you, Dre, whenever this is, you know, brunch on me. <laughs> I see, like I got to pay this off. Um, yeah, it's it's been an amazing six years. I look forward to the future of this show. We joke a lot and all this stuff. This is fun for us. This show, um, over six years, it started as Dre being like, yo, this kid is just going to say something stupid on air. Let me see if he'll be a good co-host. And turn into like, man, we're in the group chat. Me and Dre talk every day. It is grown into something so much more. Um, yeah, I mean, I've learned so much. I'm at where I'm at in my career. 
in large part due to this show and knowing Andreas and the the conversations you guys hear on air and the conversations you don't get to hear. There's a lot of wild shit I say in the group chat or talk about that I should do professionally and blah, blah, blah. And that they talk me off of a cliff and tell me I'm wilding and I get so much great advice. And he is the old man, not by age, but by experience. And that experience helps me so much. So this six years has just been amazing and just key to my life. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed uh, old man. This is another one of those, give you the flowers while you are here. I appreciate these six years and to many more, sir, to many more. Appreciate that, man. And, you know, it's all love, man. We've been doing this for six years and yeah, you're one of my best friends and now we have this podcast and y'all keep listening. We appreciate y'all support. And I still don't know why y'all listen to this shit, but thank you. <laughs> we keep listening to this. Uh, now we appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. I'm keep this short because this is a long ass episode. We appreciate you. Until next week, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.